You're listening to episode 315 of the Major Issues Podcast, and on this episode, we ponder the question, what if? It's our What If Season 2 recap and review. The Major Issues Podcast starts right now. Hello everybody out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano, aka The Don, and if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason, that's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you each and every week by comicbookclick.com, and as always, I am never alone, sir, if you could please introduce yourself. It is Alex, aka B-Roke, but here for what if and what is going on. (laughs) Welcome back, B-Rogue. You know, in the vast calculus of the multiverse, I'm so happy of all the versions of you that I've got. I've gotten this version. You understand? I'm glad that you're on this episode of this podcast today. Because, yeah, we're tackling Marvel's What If, um, which all dropped last year, right around the holiday season, all in one go. Well, not all in one go, but they released an episode a day. Um, Crazy release schedule. I was not used to every morning waking up and seeing somebody else talk about what just happened because <laughs> i was like wait I, I, give me a second i've got to i've got to go back so i did um after the first couple ones that i watched i did wait for a bit and then binge the rest and kind of go through it um this is the second season of what if so we're kind of already familiar with the premise this idea that the watcher is looking through the vast multiverse of marvel and you know mcu marvel comics whatever you want to consider it and um just focusing on specific stories i mean this harkens all the way back to the what if comic book series uh, which posited the same questions were you a big fan of what if season one and as the resident marvel zombie are you a fan of the what if premise as a whole when it comes to marvel oh i absolutely love the what if premise it just it opens up the universe to so many th- wishes that people had you know everybody's read that story and been like man i wish it would have gone this way or i wish this character had more screen time or you know i wish this person died instead of this character or didn't die so what if is that opportunity to go well what if this happened or or things went a different way and then seeing them do that now with the mcu with these with this animated uh tv series tv series it's been a blast it's been an absolute blast so see being able to see these little changes you know um like i I loved the first season seeing what if t'challa was star lord instead of instead of peter quill that was one of my standout episodes you know just seeing the idea of what if um ultron became the big the big bad instead of thanos all those all those it's it's the sandbox everybody loves to play in but here here it's it's almost like everybody everybody has that fan fiction dream so here yeah. you get to see some of those things play out and they continue to do it in season two so I'm, I'm i had a blast with it it's a lot of fun yeah i thought so as well i it's one of those things you i want like all kinds of levels of comics you know i want stuff that i can sink my teeth into really serious stuff that makes me question stuff some stuff sometimes i want the absolutely ridiculous bonkers stuff that you can only do with comic book stories and then stuff like this i just feel like is is really fun um it's really inventive it kind of plays with our imagination um and i also kind of bonkers 
how many stars they got to return to do some of this stuff, except for RDJ, who they will not pay for the life of them to to, to uh, voice Iron Man in this. Uh, and it doesn't seem like we're stopping anytime soon. Right after What If Season 1 was uh, done, they basically confirmed What If Season 2. Uh, what If Season 2 is now finished, and we've already got sneak peek images of What If Season 3. So um, they must be having a lot of fun making this show, and they must have a lot of faith behind this show. Did you find this season better, on par, or worse than the previous? Oof. I'm only going to say I did not find this one to be as good as the first season, only because to me the first season just knocked it out of the park. I, yeah. It was amazing how with this season, like you said, they got – I couldn't believe the – you know, he, hearing um, – why can't I think of her name? Hella. Hella. Oh, Kate, Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. Getting Kate Blanchett to come back for multiple episodes in yeah. this season, amazing. Hearing even Kurt Russell come back and being ego again. Um, yeah. oh, uh, Chris Helmsworth drunk, I'm like really drunk Michael Douglas <laughs> drunk right right just all these people I'm like, come back. I'm like he is not sober in that booth I don't know what no, he's, what not. he's yelling about but he's <laughs> no he's not but no I mean it, it, it was amazing to hear because that that's one thing that helped with the immersion that even though you are it's animation as well as you know completely different stories than what you're used to hearing the voices yeah. helps you help me anyway i would imagine most people get sucked into the story so i loved seeing that however the stories to me just didn't hit the way that first season did and also in the yeah. first season every episode built up to that last episode where in yeah. this season it felt less cohesive not that that's necessarily a bad thing but it just in the end made you feel like well all right that episode didn't matter, so to speak. Whereas the right. first season, everything was was building up to that that awesome climax of you know the, the guardians of the multiverse, which I which I yeah. absolutely loved, and I like that they brought that back in. But even in re going back and watching the season again for for this, I was like, oh wow, like you you could have probably missed like two or three episodes, and by the end of the season, been like you wouldn't have even noticed. So yeah. The first season had a novelty of us believing it was all anthology and it would never connect. So when it does connect at the mm -hmm. end, you go, "Oh, what? this is kind of this is kind of bonkers." Um, this one, you know, once you saw a particular character, you started to wonder if other characters would come back and if all this would connect in the grand scheme of things. Um, and I will say that I like the premises of the some of the ones in the first season a bit more. I there's some episodes in here that I absolutely love. And we'll get into it as we, when we uh, get to those episodes. But I think, um, like, some of the imagery in that first season, especially, like, I always think of Ultron eating a planet. <laughs> I always think of Ultron just, uh, um, you know, the body of Vision, the a body of Ultron, the, the, the Infinity Stones in his chest. Yeah. You know, like, all of that. Fighting um, Carol Danvers, you know, basically till the Earth explodes. All that stuff I, I, I found um, really, really interesting. And I just I guess I just love exploring the possibilities of the multiverse in Marvel's What If. Uh, like you said, it's, a, it's the kind of show that acts, what if T'Challa became Star-Lord instead of Peter Quill? Or what if it was Peggy who took the super soldier serum instead of Steve? Uh, well, thankfully, I live on an Earth in which I have my own little super soldier serum, my own little elixir that keeps me from procrastinating and gets me back on track. And that, sir is Magic Mind. Uh, we were talking about it last week. 
Uh, and as I said before, I used to be a huge coffee drinker, especially in my military days. Back then, I thought a cup of joe was the only thing that could keep me focused and help me stay on task. And I dealt with the negative side effects like anxiety and restlessness because I thought I had to. I thought the jitters was just something you had to deal with, uh, you know, like a hangover after alcohol. It's a price you pay for being alert. But uh, it turns out you don't have to deal with the ir irritability or, you know, the jittery nature of coffee because ever since I started taking Magic Mind, I've seen the benefits of cutting down on my coffee intake. Now, instead of resorting to multiple cups of coffee to stay energized, I just take a small shot each morning alongside my first cup of coffee and I'm ready for the rest of the day. Uh, thanks to the mood-boosting adaptogens, I feel significantly better in the morning and their relaxing effects contribute to my overall happiness throughout the day. Ingredients like ashwagandha, which they don't get from Wakanda, really help me regulate my stress levels. And I find sleeping better, which leads me to starting each day at 100%. And I, majority of my days, I'm about 73, you know? So having this little pick-me-up has really, really helped things. Uh, and, you know, we do so much here. I have a nine-to-five, and then we do so much here as part of Comic Book Click. So this thing has really helped me up my productivity. So if you've got a lot of your plate like I do, and you need a daily shot uh, to reach your goals, you should check them out by going to www.magicmind.com slash J-A-N major issues. That's www.magicmind.com slash J-A-N major issues for January major issues. Join the thousands that are already seeing the benefits of this stuff and snag a sweet deal using my promo code major issues 20. Get up to 56% off your first subscription or a cool 20% off for a one-time purchase. That's 56% off people. That's more than half. And guess what? Ultron already cut Thanos in half. Thanos wants to cut the population in half. And I'm giving you even more than that. All you got to go is to uh, www.magicmind.com slash J-A-N major issues. Use our code major issues 20 at checkout. This deal is only valid for January. So get some magic mind now because B-Roke, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. But. I'll oh, go ahead, brother. No, that sounds that sounds great. Honestly, you got me sold on it. I'm 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 a coffee drink. I'm a coffee drinker, and you hit me, you 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 kind of got me in the heart right there by talking about the anxiety that comes with it. And I'm I'm yeah. I'm, I'm I'm getting too old for that nonsense. So I think uh, I think I'll be placing an order very soon. Yeah, these they uh, really like what we're doing over here as part of the Major Issues podcast, and I can really dig what they're doing over there. Um, I think our goal is just me and I know that our listeners are people who are binge watching shows, who are reading multitude of comics and they need to keep their energy up. You know, um, I think people come to and listen to this podcast because we have our energy up and be rogue. That's not always easy to maintain. <laughs> it really, oh, really it is isn't. Not. It really, really isn't. But we do our best and uh, we do a little better because of Magic Mind. So go ahead and check out uh, those links. All of that stuff is going to be in this episode's description. So just go ahead and check that stuff out. I'm telling you, uh, you won't be sorry. But I think it's time to get into our recap and review of What If Season 2. Um, we're going to start off with episode one, full spoiler alert <laughs> for season two. Uh, we're going to start off with episode one. What if Nebula joined the Nova Corps? So 
uh, in this episode, Nova Prime, in the aftermath of Ronan the Accuser's successful overthrow of Thanos, recruits Nebula to join the Nova Corps. Fast forward five years, and Xandar, in a bid to shield itself from Ronan's forces, becomes isolated from the rest of the universe. Nebula, on a mission from Nova Prime, stumbles upon Yandu Undanta's body and discovers that he had acquired the codes to unlock the planetary shield. In her pursuit of the truth, Nebula collaborates with Kree soldier Yon-Rog, only to be betrayed when Yon-Rog reveals a plan to surrender Xandar to Ronin. So, um, Yon-Rog's just a piece of trash in any universe, apparently. That's just, <laughs> that's just what happens there. Poor Jude Law. Uh, surviving an attempt on her life, orchestrated by Nova Prime's men, Nebula takes matters into her own hands. She recruits unlikely allies, including the likes of casino owner Howard the Duck, as well as Groot, Meek, and Korg. I love that they're called rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> they call themselves rock, paper, scissors. Groot, Meek, and Korg. Uh, to get, together they embark on a mission to thwart Nova Prime's betrayal and protect Xandar. In the midst of the confrontation, Nebula exposes Nova Prime's true intention, having altered the mission codes to ensure the shield closes again as Ronin's ship, the Dark Aster, approaches Xandar. The ensuing chaos results in the destruction of the Dark Aster and the demise of Ronin. As Nova Prime attempts to flee, she makes her end by falling to her death. Poor uh, um, Glenn Close doing a real uh, diehard Hans Gruber falling to her death. Despite the challenges, Nebula stands resilient, ready to continue defending Xandar as the shield reopens. I actually thought this was a tremendous start to the season. I really liked this episode. And maybe it's because there's a part of me that wonders if Nova himself could be introduced in a kind of neo-noir, Blade Runner, Galaxy Cowboy-esque manner. How have we seen so much Nova Corps in What If and not like none of it in, in the regular MCU? I agree. I agree. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Nova. If... If any of you have out there have read Annihilation, uh, Don, have you read Annihilation? Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. You know, it's if tremendous. you've read that stuff, you you love Nova. And I go further back than that. I fell in love with the character when he was on the New Warriors. Fantastic character, a lot of fun. Basically, what if Peter Parker was a spacefaring Avenger? And that's what I always saw him as. You know, uh, had one of the best, one of the best aliases, uh, Richard Ryder. Richard you can take Ryder. That how, you can take it how you want it. <laughs> You know, I just uh, re that just clicked in my head, and I'm surprised it took me this damn long. <laughs> Holy hell! Good work, good work, there, guys. There it Make is. Mind Marvel. <laughs> there it is. You know, so so a great character. Even when they when Guardians of the Galaxy Part One came out, and they, the whole idea that the Nova Corps was protect protecting the planet of Xandar, I was like, oh, we're getting you know Richard Ryder. We're gonna get the Nova Corps. We're gonna get the Warriors. It's gonna go to all these things. And it never it never went there. So I liked that in the What If series, and even it's it's you know constantly referring back to the fact that the Nova Core is a thing. So because I mm -hmm. I think the MCU, Kevin Feige, everybody knows. Okay, we eventually got to bring this character around somehow, yeah. some way. So we got to keep him keep him in the background and keep people thinking of Nova Core, Xandar, Nova Core, Xandar. So I'm totally prepared for the eventuality of Nova showing up. But with this episode, yes, I agree. This was a I knocked it out of the park. This this episode set the tone for 
what I was expecting to be a season that was just as good as the first season. But this yeah. episode, this episode was probably on par or better than most of the episodes in the first season. That Blade Runner feel, you know, that that immediate, that that noir, but yet it's space techie. And then I love the fact that it's from the perspective of Nebula, a character mm -hmm. who went from being what felt like a one-dimensional villain of a character to becoming one of the 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 hearts and souls of the MCU because it's it's that character who's so desperately looking for love and redemption. And here we're yeah. getting that another another level of that where she becomes a part of the Novacore. <clears throat> and even despite the fact that you know throughout the episode people are throwing jabs at her like oh yeah you're really a villain I, you you we, we don't know who your side you're really on she's sticking to it she's like you know what they're giving me a chance to redeem myself and I'm going to go through with it no matter what it costs and she does she just goes through all these obstacles and and loops to to try to figure out what the hell's going on and i i love this episode and anytime like you said rock paper scissors you give me howard the duck <laughs> Great stuff. Great stuff. I really like I, I'm once I was introduced to the genre, I love like that deep synth, like that 80 synth kind of soundtrack. They used a lot of it in Stranger Things, and I thought that you know they yeah. did it uh, excellently there, but they do it also here. The neo-noir um uh narration, you know, of never yeah, you know, I whatever and, like <laughs> it starts off with the watcher narrating and then it goes right over to her and she starts to right. be the one. To take mm -hmm. over her own story which is really really fitting and then like once she puts on that yandu fin and the 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 the, the gangs with her i was like yeah what are we doing <laughs> i'm with y'all mm -hmm. anywhere where are we going here uh so yeah yeah i really really like that episode too i think that's one of the top ones uh in my opinion of this season and also a fun um, note the fact that uh vin diesel did not do the voice of groot i thought it was interesting Oh yeah, yes, 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 yes. I think they're moving forward with. I mean, I guess we're moving forward. Whatever, you know, whatever. But I would think that he would have so many in the like residual bin that they could just use it in perpetuity, right? Like I would think, like oh. how many different inflections do you need? <laughs> Why are we hiring more people? You don't have this thing on like a tape deck or something that you could just. Well, I'm, I'm hearing, I'm hearing somewhere, not not officially, that this is also possibly because Vin apparently got himself in some trouble recently. Yes. So I may, yeah. it might be it might be Disney Marvel kind of hey distancing then themselves. You go yeah. you go over. I mean, if 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 they're if they're willing to do that to the their villain centerpiece in a certain Miss Jonathan Jonathan Majors. Majors, yeah. Hey, they're chopping Vin. that tree down. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <know>. group. <laughs> uh none like family out here. Um <laughs> Episode two is what if Peter Quill attacked Earth's mightiest heroes in the year 1988 the Ravagers bring Peter Quill to Ego who implores him to assist in his quest for a universal expansion after six months of wreaking havoc on multiple worlds Quill returns to Earth responding to this threat Peggy Carter and Howard Stark assemble a team comprising of Bill Foster King T'Chaka of Wakanda Bucky Barnes Dr. Wendy Lawson and reluctantly recruit Hank Pym, accompanied by his daughter, Hope Van Dyne. Following a confrontation on Coney Island, the team manages to apprehend Quill with the assistance from Thor. As they deliberate on their next steps, Van Dyne releases Quill, who sets off for Missouri. While T'Chaka, Foster, and Thor support Carter's forces against Ego, Pym and Lawson encounter Quill at his mother's grave. Pym, empathetic to Quill's plight, 
persuades him to stand against his father. Meanwhile, Barnes, under the influence of manipulators, prepares to assassinate Quill until Stark reminds him of his friendship with Steve Rogers. As Ego poses a formidable threat, attempting to acquire his seed, that sounded a bit dirtier, uh, Pym and Quill intervene just in time, using the seed to obliterate Ego's avatar. The team, minus Barnes, revels in their triumph before gearing up to confront Ego himself. Um, what do you think of this episode? This episode, this is where I felt like, okay, this is the tone of the season. If this is because it was so a different, um, just felt different from the first episode. The first episode was very gritty, very noir. And even though in this episode, you know, on paper, you read it, go, ooh, this is cataclysmic event, ego coming to take over planet Earth. It's it felt very more PG as opposed to the episode, the first episode, which you know, I felt like towed the line between PG thirteen and and R. This episode, yeah. uh, it just didn't it didn't it didn't hit like that first episode. I did dig the idea that you know the Avengers have always, in some way, shape, or form, existed. I like that they brought yeah. in you know um, Bill Foster as he he's the giant man of the team. You know, seeing seeing even in an animated form, Michael Douglas be Ant Man. You know, right. seeing uh, Peggy Carter in that I'm the direct, I'm in that Nick Fury kind of role, which mm-hmm. was which was cool. <clears throat> you know, just seeing how this, and then of course, still having Thor come up and went, and I didn't realize at the time until he spoke. I was like, wait, is that Chris? Is that Chris Hemsworth? Yeah, got to yeah. do the voice of Thor even in animation. <clears throat> that, that I thought that was that was really 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 cool. But just besides that, it the stakes never never felt big it just it didn't it didn't quite hit for me it felt very kitty um i yeah. wanted it, i, I it, like they like they told the line they, they they were so careful with how they use winter soldier in this yeah you know um that i'm like oh i feel it had done something meteor with him but it just felt like they wanted to keep it the kid friendly they had the peter quill kid they had um the wasp in you know her, in her child form, so they, I think yeah. they really wanted to make it more like if it felt like it felt like uh, what was that what's that movie um race to witch mountain oh yeah <laughs> yeah like a Disney <laughs> movie. It, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah like if, you know it's it, it's all about the kids and the adults are there to just get the kids to where they have to be you right. know you know because right. yeah because they, they they we we end up going like they they go to war with ego like he creates millions of himself in sand mm-hmm. form and all this other kind of stuff and but ultimately all that's for nothing there's no real casualties there is no real there's no real damage uh mm-hmm. done and they kind of like open and shut case it so what's ironic about this episode for me is i ended up liking hope in this more than i ended up liking her in anything else she's been in <laughs> she did have more to do she did have have more to do in any in any of the movies, definitely. I was like, at least she's a little charming, she's a little smart aleck. Like I, I, I dig that. <clears throat> but one line took me out of this, or one series of lines took me out of this because it in even in a world where with celestials and cat gods and all this other kind of stuff, it this line didn't ring true to me. And it's the it's what you were talking about. It's when Peggy and Howard see Bucky. And I think Peggy says something along the lines of like, he looks just like him. Like he looks just like Sergeant Barnes or whatever. And Howard goes, yeah, but even if it is, he's long gone. And I'm like, what? 
in what world would those two say that? Really feel that in that moment? They wouldn't know. They would have pulled no. his ass to the side and say, listen, we need to talk to you because you look exactly like <laughs> a dude we used to know. And uh, your best friend's dead, you know, or frozen or whatever. And I don't know why that stuck in my teeth so much. But then they kept playing around with this idea of like, oh, is he the real Bucky, you know, whatever. And like trying to play, you know, is, is Bucky still in there? And remember your friend Steve. And it's like, I don't know, man. I just feel like in that moment, they would have pulled his ass aside right before any of this happened and figured out what the, what the deal was. Um, mm. Definitely. I, no, it, it, it's, like you said, in this, in this, especially in this world where it's like, what are the chances that this guy we saw die, you know, decades earlier is is this legendary winter soldier that comes out of hibernation. What do you think about that guy who can grow to 50 feet tall or a guy who can shrink to a size of an atom or, yeah. you know, you know, there's and no what, way in this world that this is possible. Right. Come on. And what, it, what are the um, contingency plans against him? Right. He's the winter soldier. Like, I'm glad he's on our side for this, but what if after he sniped Peter, he just sniped, Bill Foster to make sure that Russia don't have to deal with the giant man. And then he sniped Peggy Carter. So they don't have to deal with shield. Like, you know, this guy is, is a, is a loose cannon. It just felt very strange that they would deal with it. Um, in that sense, uh, one of, but my, I guess my favorite line delivery or my favorite line in this was, um, when they decide that the way to defeat ego is to get Peter to fight him. And then they're like, we're going to try to get, um, his son to fight his own father. And then Hank's like, yeah, you've obviously never been a parent. <laughs> like, it's not going to be that hard at all. It's not going to be that hard at all. And I was like, okay, you know, okay. Uh, funny stuff, funny stuff. But like, you know, I, I I think, I think they should have done least... one version of this. One, I think they should have done one version of time displaced Avengers because we get it again in 1602. I think they should have just right. done one or the other. Mm-hmm. And I agree. And that, and that was another thing, too, that was just kind of like, all right, we're seeing... Because even other things you kind of saw happen multiple times. Like Even the multiple appearances of Hela kind of took me like, wait a minute. Okay, is this the same Hela from that episode? No, it's not. You know, where, what universe yeah, are we 100%. in? You know, I... I feel like what if needs to as as crazy and all over the place as it can be at the same time you don't if it's confusing me a casual watcher <laughs> yeah, yeah, a casual yeah. watcher is like what the hell am I watching like is that the you know what I mean so yeah it would have been I liked like I said that was something I really preferred in the first season where every episode yeah and you were right how every episode you don't realize is, is going to eventually connect whereas this one you kind of see those strands or you're expecting it at this point. And when you start having the same character appear more than once, but yet it's not the same character, you're just, I find you confusing people kind of takes you out of it. Yeah, I can, I can definitely see that there. Um, I asked you up front, what do you think of uh, Jeffrey Wright as Watu? Oh, I love Jeffrey Wright as Watu. I can, I can hear that man narrate. (laughs) You know, make how how to the, how, the steps, yeah. Then the phone <laughs> yeah, book yeah. steps to making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That Please. was the exact thing I was thinking of. I was like, spread the peanut butter, peanut butter across the side of the. <laughs> Open the jar of jelly ever so casually. You know what I mean? He his vo- yeah. his voice is amazing. The way the way he comes across in Watsu as Watsu, and I like the I did like how in this one they make Watsu a lot more personable. Like he, yeah. he 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 gets more lines where he gets to play with it, especially he gets some playful banter. He's not just this stoic, super 
omniscient being that, you know, the fact that he's talking to anyone is already like hurting his conscience. And this one, he, he blatantly admits to like liking certain characters and the way he, yeah. the way he c converses with certain characters, you can tell is like, okay, man, you're, 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 you're a person. You're not just, you're not just this cosmic entity. You're, you're, you're a person from a race. And I, I really dug that about this and just knowing more about Jeffrey Wright this past year. Like if you if you got a chance to see some of his movies from this past year, especially the one that he just got nominated, I believe he got oh, nominated I want to see Oscar. that one, American Fiction. Yeah. Uh, American Fiction. Yeah. Uh, it he 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 kills it. He kills it. So I I hope he narrates Uwatsu and maybe eventually even makes a live action appearance as Uwatsu. I would love to see it. I even think Uwatsu got a little darker this season than he than he was last season. I, That's I agree. I, I agree. I, I was agree. looking. I was like, hmm. <laughs> um, and one of my favorite you think next season oh, he gets an afro all the way. He gets, he gets, oh, he gets, I, I want him the Jim Gordon mustache I want him to rock the Jim Gordon mustache um, I, one of my favorite uh, moments of the first season is him narrating and then Ultron turning and looking at him and he goes oh damn like he, oh. he bucks out <laughs> like, like what's going on here all the all the like the uh the hoity toitiness just drops away he's like oh shit like I'm, I'm now <laughs> he can see me this is about to be a wrap let me, yeah, let me I mean, put my like, gloves on. I, I got to go box for a minute. Oh, that was so cool. Um, so now we got probably the most jokey episode of the season. What if Happy Hogan saved Christmas? On the night of Christmas Eve, Happy Hogan is tasked with overseeing security at Avengers Tower during the annual holiday party. However, the festive atmosphere takes a dark turn when Justin Hammer, along with his henchmen, Sergey and Rusty, uh, escape from prison and launch an assault on the tower their aim to seize tony stark's technology and acquire a sample of bruce banner's blood in the midst of the chaos hogan in an attempt to protect the valuable blood sample he's inadvertently in injected with it this triggers a gradual transformation turning him into a hulk-like monster while retaining his intelligence while the avengers occupied elsewhere uh, with with the avengers occupied elsewhere and stark Stark's AI Jarvis inactive, Hogan reaches out to Darcy Lewis for help. Darcy embarks on a mission to find a new AI to reboot the tower's systems. Unfortunately, Darcy falls into the clutches of Hammer's group, who not only take her hostage, but also seize control of the Iron Legion and Stark's powerful Hulkbuster armor. As Hogan's transformation completes, he unleashes his newfound abilities, destroying the Iron Legion and defeating Hammer. With Hammer back in custody, the Avengers return to commend Hogan for his heroic efforts. The Christmas party resumes, and the team celebrates the holiday, grateful for Hogan's bravery in the face of unexpected danger. I feel like this whole episode was just so they could say Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only, the only thing that now made me look at this episode and not be so upset with it was the fact that mm. you made me realize this episode basically came out on Christmas Day. So yeah, they wanted yeah. to have a lot of fun with this. They wanted oh, to yeah. put John Favreau in a situation where he's this weird Hulk. It had a lot of punchlines to it. Uh, even the, the way they get rid of Justin Hammer, he, he literally falls off of Avengers Tower like Hans Gruber in Die Hard. They do all these little Christmas as well as even little homages to previous Avengers movies. Like I do, I did love the part where they basically, they do age of Ultron, the freeze frame when they break oh, yeah. through the window. That was, yeah. that was, that was a fun, that but was they all got part. like, they all got like Christmas stuff on. <laughs> yes. They all yes. Got from the Christmas party yes. or whatever. <clears throat> Question. Yes. 
because I don't know if I was 100% paying attention. Later on, another Happy Hogan hawks out. Yes. Yes. Because again, is there that, a relation? Is there a that I miss? Well, no, because that's this is that's the same timeline as when that cap tra- I guess traveled back in time to put the time the stones back in place. But in their universe, he hits the I guess the time, time stone, zone. Yeah. That hits the time zone that, that causes that. So it's, it's But how did Hogan get the Hulk blood again? It it's this timeline. It's yeah. I, I guess mean, yeah. Because like, he just mm. he just did it. So I was like, is it is this am I? I guess what I, I was curious about was like, am I missing a constant? Is does Happy Hogan turn into this? <laughs> is this is something no. that I'm missing? Where he, nope. in two different universes? Because if something happens in two different universes, you go wait, we're, you know, what are the no. odds? But um, no, it it did yeah. feel like overall like a. I hate to say like a senseless callback, you know, to yeah. something that really was a, a punchline in the previous episode. But again, that was that's kind of to me one of the weaknesses of this of this season. And the yeah. only thing I I'm, the only thing I'm thinking is this is something that they might eventually want to play with in the live action MCU. Hulk the Hogan. idea of, <laughs> of right of right uh, exactly because I think um, Feige has come out and said that he does want to start incorporating more of this alternate universes slash i mean because that, that's the thing the, the the multiverse is is the big thing nowadays right so yeah. if any one of these characters hits or something is exceptionally popular <laughs> especially if they feel it's so popular that they're going to push it a little bit more if they can somehow integrate this into a live action appearance you know they're, they're just kind of throwing throwing ideas out there and for those who think that's unlikely we've already gotten captain carter in live action in multiverse of madness the only thing that i like and we'll get to it when we get to the end i I really would have thought it would have been an extra cap on the hat if they would have just said that that strange knew the other strange or knew one of the strangers that did all that multiverse of madness (laughs) you know stuff. like Mm -hmm. it would have been kind of cool to 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 slide that in there but I, i totally get it um i think that sam rockwell does a good justin hammer but in this it felt like he was in a completely other room it felt like he oh, just definitely. gave him a list of jokes <laughs> and he was just yeah. saying them to an empty an empty room where I feel like the best of, of Sam Rockwell is him interplaying. Like when he's doing the the showing the weapons off and he could tell that the pre- person's not impressed. <laughs> he just right. keeps pointing out bigger weapons. Yeah. And um so I like him. I would love to see this character return. I would love to see um Justin Hammer return. And there was rumors that he might return for Armor Wars and it would be about Rhodey trying to get tech out of the hands of people like hammer now that stark's gone but um yeah uh and i like cat dennings so she's fine in this <laughs> you know she's fine in real life and she's fine in this agreed but at the very uh, worst it's it's harmless in my opinion yeah 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 i mean it's just the, i think we got spoiled by that first season where in the end it felt like everything mattered in this one after, like I said, that first episode, we we agree that first episode hit so hard, it comes at you in such a, with such adult tones. Then the second episode is like, okay, we're going, we're we're going, to, we're going to do Spy Kids or something. And yeah. then the this episode is okay. We're we're making a really jokey Christmas episode where uh, a a random background character who don't get me wrong, I love I love John Favreau, I love Happy Hogan, mm-hmm. but he becomes you know, this, this more important character while Kat Dennings is yelling at him that he's a terrible security guard. 
you know and yeah. like you and like you said even though it's great that they can get all these voices back that is one thing that i could immediately tell in listening to these episodes there's no way they were able to do what you know modern animated movies do where like they try to get people in the booth together so that that it feels more natural with the way they play off one another yeah these these names that they got to do these episodes you know they were like look man are you are you home right now here we're, we're emailing you your lines oh, oh, open voice note on your phone <laughs> there you go and just, and just send there it to us go. when you're done exactly we're 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 selling you the money right now we're good for <laughs> right. it just record right. it like right now please please you're on the way to the airport it's okay it's okay just get it done now please <laughs> You, yeah. you can totally you can totally tell that for the for most of these interactions these people were not probably even in the studio on the same day yeah. but I, it's still fun to hear the voices uh Sam Rockwell like you said he hits it out of the park and it this I I've missed that, that character and hearing his voice and what he can bring to the MCU I would definitely want him to come back but hopefully they don't throw hopefully they don't throw him off a building also like if you just take out the whole blood transformation for happy there's no reason why this couldn't be a one shot like how they used to do the marvel one shots you yeah. know all those actors Definitely. are available you know it, 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 it could i could totally see a world in which they thought about doing this in live action as like a little side movie to put up with you know one of the dvds that comes out um but then they're like ah it's gonna get too crazy and then they end up doing it this way but like Man, i said you, at the you, very you. worst it's harmless you you're making me miss those one shots. That's that's one of the things I, I used great. to love about about buying the Blu-rays and being like, yeah. ooh, what's this little you know, a funny thing happened on the way to Thor's hammer? Oh, this is a cool little thing, you know, or or Hail to the King. Those those were those were great little little uh, uh short movies, so to speak. Oh, we don't get those anymore. We don't get those anymore. I'm telling you, they can still do them. They should still do them. And I, that I Return of the King one I blew my mind when I first saw it. Because I was one of the ones I was like, ah, oh, this Mandarin thing, man, it's kind of, eh. um, and then when it came full around, oh, we, there is a 10 rings. We, we really out here. Oh, he's sending hitters. And then, and then to watch Shang-Chi and to see him captive, I was like, yeah, exactly. Perfect. That's exactly what should happen. That's exactly what would happen. Um, we are now on what if Iron Man crashed into the Grand Master? In the year 2012, Tony Stark becomes an unexpected savior for New York, redirecting a nuclear missile to thwart the Chitauri invasion. However, his heroic act strands him on Sakaar when the wormhole he uses closes before his return to Earth. The ruler of Sakaar, the Grand Master, compels Stark to stay. Stark finds himself entangled in the Grand Master's schemes when he intervenes in a death race to rescue a racer named Korg. During the escapade, he crosses paths with Gamora, dispatched by Thanos to eliminate Stark for his interference with the Chitari. Both Stark and Gamora are imprisoned by the Grandmaster's chief enforcer, Topaz. Upon discovering Gamora's mission and pledging to thwart the Grandmaster's rule, Stark engineers an escape. He enlists the help of Korg and Valkyrie, constructs a new Iron Man suit, and challenges the Grandmaster to a race, vying for the title of Sakaar's ruler. Despite the Grandmaster's attempts to cheat, Stark emerges victorious and Valkyrie defeats Topaz, leading to the melting of the Grandmaster. I think they just like hit his foot, right? And he's like, mm -hmm. melting, I'm melting, I'm melting, melting. melting. <laughs> As Valkyrie ascends to the throne of Sakaar, 
Uh, Stark persuades Gamora to carve her own path. The two, along with Valkyrie, embark on a journey to confront and defeat Thanos. In a mid credit scene, the still-alive Grandmaster pleads with Topaz to collect his new puddle-like form, adding a touch of humor to the aftermath of the cosmic escapade. <laughs> I wasn't a huge this, fan of this. Nope. This this um, episode did not hit for me whatsoever. This was one of those episodes where I was like, is it over yet? I just don't um, know what the stakes are in this. What are, what am I supposed to care about? Like, I, I guess Stark is there on an alien planet. He's just breathing. No questions about that. No no issues, comments, or concerns. This is also a episode that was rumoredly, rumored to be scrapped from the first season. I don't know if you remember, but there's a montage of the watcher pulling people to join the guardians of the multiverse and the gamora that he pulls is this gamora who's standing next to a hulk bustard uh tony stark that has sakar markings all over the all over the body so people had assumed that this was pulled from there uh, which makes a lot of sense and then you so if you get those stakes out of there it just becomes like you said like this said a race um and I'm a little, I want there to still be some severity and some gravitas with the Grandmaster. I like that he's aloof and I like that, but I attribute his aloofness to being as old and as powerful as he is. So when he's thwarted easily, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't click in my mind that 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 would happen. And I still really, really wanted the Collector and and the Grandmaster to meet at one point. And that never happened. So the reminder of the Grandmaster and the reminder of Sakaar, to me, just reminds me that we failed World War Hulk and we failed, what is it, Contest of Champions <laughs> um, or Secret Wars, whatever you want, whatever you want to yep. uh, consider it. Like these, these grander concepts, um, it, it feels like we barely scratched the surface in the MCU and then didn't we just put a, a rug over it <laughs> in What If. We didn't even uh, get any deeper. Uh, but, but yeah, what what else uh, do no, you think about this episode? No, you 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 literally pulled so much of like my mind in your comments you just made. Same thing. I don't I don't mind, especially when we first meet the Grandmaster. Like I was waiting in for Ragnarok for Goldblum to kind of go crazy to finally like snap and become serious and go. You no 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 no. This is just a a facade. This is me joking around. I'm an elder of the universe. I joke around because I can, but here's mm-hmm. here's why I'm going to show you why, that why you shouldn't just take me so um, not seriously. It, it, he's he's a bigger punchline in this episode. This was one of those episodes where when I was going through it again, I was like, oh my god, I totally forgot this episode. And another thing with this episode, this was one of the few episodes where they didn't get as many as those actors back. You know, of course, there's no RDJ. Um, yeah. The the wonderful Zoe Saldana did not come back to voice Gamora for this. Uh, you know, and then honestly, I am kind of tired of hearing Taika Waititi's voice after two Korgs is a lot of Korgs. Two Korgs is a lot of Korgs. If you would have just kept the Korg rock paper scissor, that would have been fine. Doing it again here felt like felt like a lot. Especially after I'm sorry to say, and I will always stand by this. Love and Thunder is the worst (laughs) MCU movie. I I've got to go back and check it out. It hurts me because oh. of the God Butcher storyline is one of my favorite ones I've ever read. Um, and mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, I, I, I have to see it with fresh eyes and, and kind of uh, assess. But I will say that, you know, for for 
many people may not realize this, but like RDJ was the comic relief in Iron Man for the most part, right? Happy Hogan mm-hmm. as well, but it's mostly RDJ playing off of very, very serious characters. So you have RDJ as the oh you I guess I should say Tony Stark Tony Stark as a as a comedic you know um, comic relief you have Grandmaster as comic relief and you have Korg as comic relief so what are we doing here it's just a comedy at this point <laughs> there yeah. is no yeah. nothing to be relieved of it's just it's just a comedy at this point and yeah while Homeboy's trying his best it with this long episode it just screams that this isn't our tony you know it just it just you can't help but but get that feeling and so it just feels like your uh you know younger sibling drawing a picture of your favorite movie it's like i i get i resemble it resembles what i you know i can identify what it's supposed to be this isn't it it, you know ain't hitting it did yeah yeah like and then they of course this was one of the few what if episodes that had a after credit scene where they show that the grandmaster's Oh, even though he's a pile of goop, he's still alive. Yeah. For what purpose? Because this is this is an RMCU timeline anyway. So like, who cares? I guess it's to help him save face. Like, okay, you can't you can't really just kill the Grandmaster with that staff. Cool. Please, please, eventually give us <clears throat> the contest of champions where you know he gambles with his brother the the collector give us that do do something show that these entities aren't just these punchline characters that these 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 are these are dudes on level with you know thanos or actually above thanos which that's another story i wish they would some someday adapt like did you ever see the infinity quest did you ever read the, the infinity quest when when it shows how thanos gets the gems yes yes <laughs> and goes to the gardener and all that and eventually mm-hmm. sits with mm-hmm. death and realizes it it really puts you in the mind state of, um, you know, like when you get to Infinity War with the gravitas of that story, I think those two, like, it reminds me of the one shot that you were talking about. I just add so much uh, depth to that story yeah. in general. Um, I, yeah, I found myself, even with this, wondering, I mean, I, it made me think back at just MCU in general. Are the Collector and Grandmaster dead in the MCU? Grandmaster's alive, right? I remember him like getting captured, captured by his like slave people, and he does like he puts his hands up or something. I feel like I hit Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, he he did. It doesn't really conclude. It just kind of shows that he's still alive. People are pissed, but he's there. And Collector, yeah, the last time we saw the Collector was it was when Thanos had uh, used the reality gem to make it look like he was captured. But then when mm-hmm. he unveiled it, that remember when he reveals that, that Gamora didn't kill him, the collector mm-hmm. disappears. I was about to say, it wasn't even like a body or anything. It wasn't, yeah, it's not yeah. even like it was his dead he body. Just, right? He just poofed. So it's like, did he just put him somewhere? Is he is he out there? You mentioning that and you mentioning um, Infinity Quest remind, it reminds me of something I wanted to mention when we talk about the first episode. I thought they had it on a silver platter exactly how you said it infinity war is going to start with thanos and his siege on xandar and him taking the power stone from xandar thus leaving possibly just one soldier left who's now hell bent on taking his ass down because he's for the core and i thought it was built in so when the movie starts he's already got it on his hand i said what are we doing oh we just yada yada xandar they did they did he was like oh we we raised xandar to the ground to get the the, this one gem like 
We our, did a whole movie. Guardians. The whole Guardians is about that one rock. The whole that's movie. It. And then you skip over how he got it. He just he just he just grabbed it up. So that yeah, that felt that felt a little bit odd there. Um, let's move on to what if Captain Carter fought the Hydra Stomper? Um, in an alternate universe, Captain Peggy Carter and Natasha Romanoff discover Steve Rogers inside the Hydra Stomper armor aboard the Lumerian Star, only to be attacked by him. A briefing with Nick Fury leads Romanoff to unravel the mystery. Rogers, missing since 1953, was captured and brainwashed by the Red Room. Carter and Romanoff, with the assistance of Brock Rumlow, safeguard Bucky Barnes from Rogers. They eventually incapacitate him and retreat to a secret hideout in Scotland, discovering that the suit is the only thing keeping Rogers alive, though each activation diminishes his chance of survival. Rogers, determined to dismantle the Red Room and find a cure, offers to offers his help to Carter. Together, they travel to a former KGB site. However, their plans are disrupted as they face an ambush by drones and Black Widow assassins controlled by the Red Room's leader, Melina Volstikoff. Volstikoff reactivates Rogers' brainwashing, complicating their mission. As Romanov confronts Volstikoff's forces, Carter reaches out to Rogers, who makes a self-sacrificial move to destroy the Red Room. Amidst the chaos, Romanov uses her grappling hook to tie Volkov's to Rogers' suit, resulting in a fatal explosion. Carter, in her quest to find Rogers, unexpectedly finds herself transported through a portal to a Renaissance-themed universe. There, she encounters variants of Fury and Wanda Maximoff, opening to the door to new and unexpected adventures. Now, this I, this, I was this was this. the episode that 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 put me back on track with What If. Same, same. And I'm wondering, like, again, if we are having like these same opinions, and I, I, I would assume the fan base pop probably feels the same way. Um, it, it was so cool for them. This is the sequel to Captain Carter basically that 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 what if episode from season one right because we saw the hydra stomper we saw that skinny mm-hmm. steve and he went away and then this would be the second and while the bromance between bucky and steve is adorable these star-crossed lovers now one brainwash is even more a little bit heartbreaking right because <laughs> like the love the whole love thing and um i i was getting definite superman <laughs> yeah definitely definitely <laughs> when he went up into the mm-hmm. when he went up into the thing and again like one thing what if is getting right that i feel like the mcu can take a uh you know take notes from is that i want while you don't got to do it all the time i do want random cameos make me feel like i'm living in this in this world when we were watching the what if episode with peter quill and that lightning strike comes in Thor shows, i was like Oh damn! Yeah, he would be around. He he he's doesn't matter what year it is. He's freaking Thor. He's yep. gonna be he's gonna be around. He would show up here. Oh wow, the Red Room. Yeah, Russia, Winter Soldier. All that connects. All that makes sense. Um, um, I liked how uh, Melina had those Black Widows whooping. <laughs> she was a whooping on Black whooping, Widow. Whooping man. ass. Whooping ass. Definitely. They were, Whooping ass. Um, I liked how de- dejected and, and almost sullen they made Steve Rogers looking. We've only ever known a strong, you know, uh, prideful and wholesome Steve Rogers. So to see this one with like the dark marks under the eyes and kept alive by this suit, more machine than man almost. Really, really, really cool um, episode of What If. Uh, I didn't know how much more of Captain Carter we were going to get. 
because <laughs> she sticks around for quite a bit. But um, I did like, I did like this seemingly simple twist to a very, very, very popular um, comic book movie, The Winter Soldier, which actually turns ten years this year. Wow, it's Bonk flying by. No, but no, this episode. Right, I'll be honest with you. I was happy to see this story continue because I did like how in the first season her story ended with them finding the Hydra Stomper where they, where they showed it and then now seeing it continue. But at, at the same time, because we've experienced the episodes we have, I was like, oh, no, how are they going to do this episode? <laughs> but I love the fact that they they still paid it. They gave it they gave it the right amount of attention. They that 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 emotional depth. There was minimal jokes. Even though, you know, you can see the twist coming because I'm sitting here going, all right, when is this dude going to reveal that he's not really Steve? He's still brainwashed. Um, even even with seeing it come, it still hit. It still hit for me because it is that yeah. sad story of, man, like, are these two are these two ever going to get together? You know, and that that even comes up again in the in a later episode, you right. know, and so it's 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 bittersweet. It makes you feel for these characters. And a character like you said, but like we said, like you never know which characters are gonna hit. And but one of the characters we know that hit was Captain Carter. You know, she's appeared in live action. They've given her she's appeared in many comic books since since this uh these what if has come out. And she continues to be to be a great character to 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 follow, you know. And I if they keep if they keep having Haley Atwell put on that <clears throat> that Union Jack, I'll be I'll be happy with it. She's got more work post the Captain America movies than anybody else. It feels like post those cat movies. She got the three cat movies. She got two seasons of her own show, and now uh, and now this. They really like uh, Haley Atwell over there. And, and, and not just that, and, and just in just in general, her 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 uh, status, her stock, her stock, her status has definitely yeah. elevated. I mean, when you star aside across from Tom Cruise in in one of his movies. You, you, the people are noticing you, you know, um, yeah, because I, I love Sebastian Stan. And as much work as he's gotten since Winter Soldier, he hasn't hit. He hasn't. I don't, he, when is he no. hasn't showed up in, in a Tom Cruise movie? No, 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 you know? he hasn't. He hasn't. Not yet. You know, but no, this the, this episode got me excited again for for what if. And for me, I liked that the episodes came out every day. Especially after it helps you clean that palette real quick too, because it's like, oh, I didn't like that yeah. episode. Oh, another episode. I didn't like this one. It was okay. Ooh, and oh, I like this episode. Now I can't wait for the next episode, especially with the way this one ends. Because I'm a big fan of 1602. Have you? Did you ever read 1602? No, but I'm aware of it. I I loved 1602. So seeing the 1602 characters show up at the end, I was like, ooh, now that's a different world. Let's see what they do with this. I can't. I, I'm looking forward to the to the next thing. Interesting. I um. I also really liked how Melina died. I like that she, <laughs> like she grappling hooked her to Steve, and so she just gets oh, drugged, screaming. Just <laughs> <laughs> you just know what's gonna happen when he gets to, when he gets up there. Yeah. So, no, and, yeah. and I and I I even like the death. fact that they're they're still leaving her her world something for her to do and something happening in that world. You know, they've yeah. taken out the red room, but they've said like Steve is probably still alive somewhere, so that's something something for to, to go on there and to more more to play with. You know, that their Black Widow is still alive. You know, their shield is still work and functioning. So like, 
what's going on what else when they do get her back to her world what what are they going to have for her to do and i'm looking forward to that yeah because even when granted the opportunity she's still taking detours <laughs> she's still like ah we can go back but let's go, let's let's go, go do some more stuff first. now we are on the episode that is completely whole cloth creation of this series what if kohari shaped reshaped the world who uh kohari am i saying that right <laughs> no, you you are. I'm just saying the fact right. that this is this is a completely brand new character. I, I and I dig that. Yeah, it I is. dig that. Uh, following the destruction of Asgard by Surtur during Ragnarok, the Tesseract crash lands in a lake within the Harden Sony Confederacy in pre-colonial America, imbuing it with magical properties. As tribes people interact with it and mysteri- mysteriously vanish, the lake becomes known as the Forbidden Lake. In the late 15th century, Mohawk siblings Kahari and Wata find themselves pursued by Spanish conquistadors who ravage their village in search of the elusive fountain of youth. During the chaos, Wata is captured and Kahari is wounded, falling into the Forbidden Lake which transports her to another dimension. In this new realm, Kahari is intended uh, sorry, is tended to by fellow Mohawk inhabitants attacked <laughs> Atak Rax. That's the that's her homie. Um, he reveals that those who disappeared were transported to the sky world, gaining powers and immortality, but unable to return. As Kahari adapts to her newfound abilities, the conquistadors enter the lake, believing it to be the fountain of youth. They invade the sky world, prompting Kahari to thwart their advances, redirecting the portal from the sky to the ground, and reuniting with her people. The Mohawk villagers, led by Kahari, successfully repel the conquistadors, rescue their missing tribespeople, and compel Queen Isabella to negotiate peace. In, in, in the aftermath, a separate portal emerges, and Doctor Strange Supreme appears, approaching Kahari with mysterious intentions. The convergence of magical forces sets the stage for unforeseen and extraordinary events in this alternate reality. Um, I really like this. Mostly because I liked that she wasn't like meek, you know, like she wasn't shy. She wasn't like she was about that life. Like she brought the fight not only to the conquistadors, she went all the way to the queen and was like, "Yo!" Was and the queen started what talking up? crazy, and she goes, "Okay," <laughs> and she lifts uh-huh. her ass up, destroys the throne, and it's like we are not playing. We're not playing. I asked you. Now I'm telling you. This is what's right. gonna happen, or things are gonna right. change. Um, I, I'm gonna say this as as uh, veiled as I can, but in a world where certain people may not understand why uh, certain groups would rebel against their captors, it's very interesting to see people watch this episode and to- just get why Kahari did what she did. <laughs> Oh, of course. <laughs> so it's just so crazy when people see things in real life and are like, why are they acting that way? And then they want something fictional and they're like, oh, you, those guys totally deserved it. You know, they, they right. came on their land and they did X, Y, and Z and that's what they got what they deserved out of it. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you don't see. Um, and also I'm glad I, I personally, as somebody who tries to keep his ears uh, to the ground with this stuff, I didn't hear any rumblings of woke. I didn't hear any rumblings of 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 you know inclusion or um, any of that kind of stuff that you normally 
uh, here with a new whole cloth indigenous character. You know, um, it can be a cesspool sometimes. Some of these groups and 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 comment sections, but for the whole, for the most part, I think people dug this. They dug the character and they dug the episode. But what did you think? No, I thought it was it was a beautiful episode. Seeing something fresh was refreshing. Anything fresh, so because you know, because even when you're seeing these t- takes on classic characters or character, you know, characters you you've been invested in now the last what 10 plus years some seeing something completely new show up you know from something that most people don't know much about you know not not many people are well versed in uh native american lore so to speak so seeing yeah. them take what the lore that we know with some brand new lore and give us this brand new character who's like you said about that life she ain't playing around. She's throwing on her Tims and letting people know. Look, I'm gonna stomp the yard. I don't care. I'm, I'm taking care of my yeah. people. I like. I like the fact that like when she shows up in that other world, she's still quick to be like, "Yo, we got we got stuff to take care of, y'all." Like you guys are chilling over here. You guys have been chilling. It, it felt like Killmonger. It felt like when Killmonger went to Wakanda, it was like the rest of your people are suffering, and y'all just chilling here, like right. not for nothing. But there's like I think she says in this like. You've left your ancestors for way too long, or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. like the, the, yep. the distance is like, come on. And um, I'm like, she's kind of right. You were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, and and she, and she brings she brings the fight. I loved, you know, that the when she does uh, confront the conquistadors on the on the shores. Mm-hmm. I love that she just walks over them. You know, and eventually they all walk over. And it was that was the symbolism there was was huge. You know, because even yeah. uh, a lot of my a lot of my favorite comedians have made that joke of man, if, if Native American tribes can go back in time, they would not let those people off those boats. Yeah. <laughs> They're just standing yeah. right there in the water. Uh, uh-uh. here's here's some corn. Um, yeah. here's some beads. Go back. <laughs> That's and when it. you think, and when you think about it, you know these are so many of these tribes were marched out of there lands marched mm-hmm. out of their areas uh so to see them use their you know to just do the, the walking with the real walking <laughs> was really yeah. cool also love the kind of factually accurate conquistadors like it wasn't just like the british the normal british you know mm-hmm. uh john smith so, kind of stuff uh, it's, it's, uh it's, it's, we are here to you know sell you tea <laughs> yeah. and, you know it, I, I it was because i look we're latin you know, so yeah. hearing 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 them in Spanish talk viciously the way they were talking, I, I was perked like, up I was, instantly. I said, like, "That's Spanish." Wait a minute. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. And like, and the imagery, like at one point they have several native people handcuffed with their mm-hmm. heads down, like yep. really dark um, imagery, but also factual stuff, factual yep. imagery. So in Our this point. in this almost revenge fantasy, it was super cool to see them take matters into their own hands and a, a, a worse series would have found some way for her to break bread with them at the end <laughs> when we know yeah. breaking bread is kind of what got them in the, in the fucking right in the first place well, well I, right because it's like you said i mean i thought it was crazy when they just straight up show up in the throne room like that was yeah. a great scene you know and i love when she picks her up out of the chair she's like look man i came here talking to you nicely i just showed you i just teleported man through a blue yeah. portal, <laughs> something you have no idea about. Your your 
your advisor had literally just told you, uh, I think we're done. I think the new world is is done <laughs> for us. I think they're sending us a message. And she's still sitting there talking smack. They walk through a portal into the throne room, speak nice, Glowing. <laughs> Glowing. Right. And she's still not getting it. She's yeah. still not getting it. So it's just like, all right, now I'm going to show you. I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to Luke Skywalker, you like C3PO and Return of the Jedi, move you around. Uh -huh. Then I'm going to shatter your throne, which, you know, is so, so symbolic in what she's trying to show. Mm -hmm. And, and then finally, you know, Dr. Strange or, or Dr. Strange Supreme, whatever he goes by, shows up. But yeah, the, I, I really, I really dug this episode. The only thing. And this, you know, please don't take any of this out of context. Just in general, one thing I, I didn't like was the introduction of yet in, like uh, another character that feels all powerful. Gotcha. You know, yeah. I wish I wish they would have more established a weakness or a limitation to this new power because right. it it does feel like okay, we have we have this character that they just created. We have Captain Marvel. You know, we have the Scarlet Witch who has shown, you know, she can do crazy stuff and guys face it. She's not dead. Um, yeah. Gaia. You know. Gaia's got every Gaia. power and <laughs> she got it in a you serum. Know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Exactly. So all these characters in the last, you know, year or so have become this uh, omnipotent power level where it's just like, if I watch you in a fight, I'm just watching the inevitable like okay when are you when are you gonna win this fight you know i want to feel like there's gonna be a struggle so giving me a character like this i just look at it going oh she's give, give me I, give me something that the villain could use against her you know totally and i also wonder if like what the what the residual effects of something like this are like are we like we only saw her at in this time period right and then we saw her brought from this time period to modern times whatever you want to consider the timeline was where she's with you know dr strange supreme and uh peggy carter but like do, does her offspring have these powers if this is still the marvel universe does are the avengers still a thing like is that something that still comes about when that time comes is there a native american on the avengers that has you know is there white people on on america north america right. <laughs> after this happens you know yeah, like and not so just many that. implications and not just that it's not just her it's the entire Our tribe people. seeming because they all yeah. come back and they've just run through the armada and you're just like yeah. oh my god like i i can't imagine then having like thor come down and then being like "Ooh, we're scared it's gonna be like oh that's what i'm saying yeah, <laughs> yeah. no man I got a whole tribe of these people that could basically do do anything you know so no i get it and good thing you brought up thor our next episode is what if hella found the ten rings uh, weary of Hela's relentless bloodlust on the Nine Realms, Odin decides to banish her to Earth. Stripping her powers, Odin destroys Mjolnir and enchants her crown. Hela finds herself in medieval China, facing Zhu Wenwu's armies. Her attempts to retrieve the crown are thwarted, and Wenwu, recognizing her potential, tries to recruit her. After failing to steal his ten rings, Hela escapes with the help of Hun Dun and journeys to the realm of Tao Lo. There, she persuades Jai, the leader of Tao Lo, to let her join their cause. Recognizing Hela's true desires for freedom, 
Jai imparts martial arts skills to her. Meanwhile, Heimdall's attempt to locate Hela fails, prompting Odin himself to visit Earth and confront Wenwu. Hela, now allowed now aligned with Wenwu, joins the battle against Odin, emerging victorious and proving her worthiness to wield her crown. Acknowledging Hela's growth, Odin sees Asgard's throne to her. Hela unites the forces of Asgard and Wenwu's Ten Rings organizations, embarking on a mission to bring freedom to the Nine Realms and beyond. In a twist of fate, she intervenes to rescue Gamora's people as they face an attack from Thanos, showcasing her newfound role as defender of liberty across the cosmic expanse, and she is now the goddess of life. So, I dug this, but I also, it feels like so long since Shang-Chi. Just because of them not bringing any of this up. And it reminded me about how much I liked the character of Wen Wu. And how much I liked just that setting. Um, this 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 warlord, but this warlord with a heart with charm. And he bags women across, you know, in both in both live action and here, you know. Um Kate, Kate Blanchett is chewing the scenery in all this entire in this entire yeah. episode. Having a blast chewing the scenery, but then like they put her in regular clothes and she looks like a regular person. She doesn't have the you know the eighteen uh, arm yeah, yeah, the, crown the arm, and stuff yeah, like the, that. The crown, yeah, no. Yeah, I'm like, oh wow, she looks kind of normal here. This is this is kind of cool. Um, I love the logic. And th- remember how I was saying before about like the whole Bucky Barnes, Peggy Carter logic thing stuck in my tooth. The thing that they said here that I was like, oh yeah, she runs away. But she's going to go run to uh, Norway because they have Vikings there who practice Norse mythology. So she knows if she goes there, she would be a queen and they would just love her forever and whatever. I'm like, that's that's a pretty good contingency plan. That's a pretty damn good contingency plan. Um, So I thought that was good. Um, Seeing when Wu stand up to Odin, like that's fucking huge. (laughs) That's freaking, that's enormous. Odin in general, like I've always liked the idea, and we've they, they like they like touched on this, like they dipped their toe in this in the MCU. But I've always liked the idea that a warlord is not all good or all bad, and Odin mm. in many ways is a warlord. Like he ruled the nine realms not by tapping them on the shoulder and asking them if they if he mm. can. He he won it through conquest and 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 blood. Uh, that's they try to play with this in Ragnarok, right? They try to like introduce this fact that Hela was his attack dog. And, you know, he used Hela to get control. And then when she was like, oh, let's go kill more people. He was like, nah, I'm going to banish you. Um, but I liked not rooting for Odin in this. I, I like him as an all powerful being that is also flawed because, <clears throat> you know, every, everyone sort of is. But what do you think of this episode? No, I, I was super excited. The idea that oh the MCU remembers Shang Chi, <laughs> you know that it's it really to me still is the standout movie, except for maybe Spider Man um, No Way Home, but you know that 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 you expected to be good because it ha- you know it's Spider Man and it has so much already going for it, but the fact that Shang Chi was a great movie and the MCU was like that was fantastic. Next, go over here. Yeah, <laughs> right. We're gonna, we're gonna, 
let's get this quantum mania going now. Like, oh my <laughs> god, like no, right. give me Shang, give me Shang Chi too. Let's get this, you know, the uh, the Marvels going. Like, oh, uh, and I, 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 for the most part, like the Marvels, but I would have no, still preferred it. to see a Shang, a Shang Chi too. And not just that, but I was I was disappointed in this episode. Only like it's great to see uh, Wen Wu come back, but I was not happy not to have Tony Ling Long. Oh yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the original actor come back because that dude you talk about chewing scenery. He dominated the, his scenes in Shang Chi. So I yeah, I immediately could tell. Oh, this this is not him. It's not him. It's it's a different. I'm gonna put on Shang Chi after this. To be honest, <laughs> before I go to sleep, uh, I, I, I'm now just all these great <laughs> scenes are flashing above. I always just think about how his father like Hadouken him into the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shang Chi is probably my most rewatched MCU movie of the last couple years. Interesting. You know, ever ever since it came out, I've probably seen that movie more than anything else in the last couple of years. Not overall, because like right, right. You know, Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, I've I've I I there were times where I had that thing on repeat in the background of my house. <clears> just because you, I love you're mouthing songs. the words as as it's exactly. going on. <clears throat> but Shang-Chi is is the one that I constantly go back to the last couple of years because it, it was so darn good. And I'm I'm itching. I'm itching for more from that from that world. And here we get some of it. And I, for the most part, really liked this episode. And I did like, at first I was like, oh, here we go again with this, this whole idea, nature versus nurture. This is, can you redeem this character? But because this is, this is a, a case again, where the, the, the voices do suck you back in, you know, hearing Kate Blanchett, hearing her just, you know, just pull off these great lines against uh this the the character of Wen Wu who you like you said he's sitting there planning con- uh invasions and she barges in and he's just like yo get her some clothes make her look pretty <laughs> she's mm-hmm. you're gonna be my wife oh you're a goddess cool I'm down with that you're a goddess cool yeah. I'm a warlord this is gonna work perfectly wait you, you're trying to fight I've been me looking for a goddess <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> So it, it it played so perfectly, and then when it eventually culminates into this big fight with Odin, it's like, whoa, what, how's this going to go down? What's this going to? How, how's this going to matter? But I I also like playing the other side of the coin because I mm-hmm. always feel you know if, if you go throughout history, people who who have always fought for the righteous side, like oh I'm I'm the liberator, a lot of times they themselves also end up being the yeah the captor, you know yeah the, the yeah, the so I, 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 the warden. So, so here I'm, I'm wondering how, how long does she go into the liberator of the nine realms until she eventually becomes, oh crap, I got to be the one that takes stuff over. You know, it, bro, <laughs> because- it start, it starts off with I want to save people, and then it ends off with we need to put a suit of armor around this entire. <laughs> <laughs> you beat me to earth, it. it. You beat me to it. You beat me to it because that's what it, it, it's, it's what it's happens. An escalation. It's always an escalation. You know? We got a satellite in the sky, and they can see absolutely anyone. And as soon as I need it to blow somebody up, it will. Yeah, man. That's right. I'm doing this for you guys. Though. I'm doing it to keep you safe. It's, I'm the it's only so that you're one okay. that can. That's it. You know, I'm the only one yeah. that can. You know, um, I saved all of you. Now I got to keep you safe. <laughs> yeah, we got a whole. But, yeah. We got a whole dimension of Tao Lo. We still ain't really touch on. You know, a bunch of uh, fighters in there, ready to go whenever. Um, and we got a, the, the 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 after credit scene from Shang Chi, where it's like, oh yeah, where you know, if you're a comic fan, 
we know that that's 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 the the five cities you know from iron fist that's what immediately made me think i'm like ooh, we're gonna get all these different things i want it give it to me give it to me damn it oh don't also forget he was being beeped in shang chi that's what I'm saying. That's he's being summoned. The, the, so it's like, ooh. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I thought that was going to go to a Kang thing of it all, which if it, because the, like the inscription on the rings, and they were going through this whole quantum mania thing where they looked like some of the same tech or whatever, as if he dropped the rings, you know, and whatever. Um, but yeah, there's still so much to go with that character and stuff. I, I did like that they mixed a bit of what we saw in early Shang-Chi with the, Thor film, right? The whole idea that she gets banished, she can't pick up her helmet, which I was like, was the power in her helmet? I don't remember the power being in her helmet. I just thought it was like a cool accessory. Right, <laughs> but right, I, no. I like at one point when she tries to do it, it doesn't happen because she can't. Yeah, it's like, like, huh, what the hell? It's like usually, I do, I did, you know, I, I love when she, you know, the, 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 how they redid that scene with Thor where he's trying to pick up the hammer and he can't, where she tries yeah. to pick up her helmet and he can't. They were just slow looking at her like... Hey, yeah. somebody get, grab my wife now and <laughs> we got to go. We got to go. But that's no, this, the thing. I was, just feel like a good episode. I do feel like, you know, I love my Avengers, um, but I do want to do more. What ifs with with characters like this who we don't have a lot on? Um, Hela is a mainstay of Marvel Comics. She's not somebody that's destroyed that shows up in one comic and then it gets destroyed, you know? Um, so the idea that she's not around, the idea that Kate Blanchett just can't choose scenery in any given film because she's just around, like you kind of miss out on that kind of stuff. Um, so I thought it was really interesting in uh, seeing it done here. And yeah, man, I just I think Wen Wu is cool. <laughs> like I mean, he's a he's a he's a warlord and he's probably done a lot of bad stuff, but um, just they. The way he uses the rings, I've I've always found really inventive, and they've got to come up with cool ways to do it. But I always thought um, it was really really cool, and it always makes me think of when he made Shang Chi point at the guy who killed his mom, and then he goes into the restaurant and basically yokes everybody up. <laughs> but my favorite part of that scene is when he shotgun blasts the dude that's on the ground. <laughs> he just, boom! And I was like, done. Damn. Damn. Hey, yeah, man. Don't, don't, don't want to mess, with, don't that, mess with me. And the That's only it. person to mess with him was his son. So right. you, I would, I, I would love to see any kind of time that his organization rubbed up against anybody else, any other troublemakers, you know, and who he had to put down and who he just kind of backed away from and said, "Okay, we're not, we ain't dealing with that." That guy with the hammer, we're just gonna let that rock. We're just gonna, we're gonna leave that man alone. <laughs> leave it alone. Keep it moving. Speaking of keeping it moving. We're up to our last two episodes uh, that kind of joined together. What if the Avengers assembled in 1602? Upon entering an Elizabeth Elizabethan era uh, universe, Captain Carter joins forces with Wanda Merlin and Sir Nicholas Fury to prevent an impending incursion. While successfully rescuing Prince Loki from a dimensional tear, Captain Carter tragically fails to save Queen Hela. Again, this is way too close. These two episodes. We just dealt with a Hella episode, and now you bring Hella back, and she's going to be in the next episode, too. You know? Come on. Um, so, yeah, she ends up uh, dying, and uh, because she, because of all that suspicion, Sir Harold the Happy Hogan uh, 
targets her under King Thor's command. Discovering that the incursion results from the presence of the Forerunner, another displaced individual, Carter collaborates with Tony Stark. Together they use the Time Stone in Thor's scepter to build a device capable of identifying the Forerunner. Tony suggests enlisting the help of outlaws Steve Rogers, Bucky Barnes, and Scott Lang. They're doing like a three musketeers thing, right? Or I, more like a Robin Hood, even too. Where Steve Rogers comes across as like a Robin Hood character. Yeah, yeah. They called them, I want to say they called them Rogers Hood or something like that. Something like <laughs> I can't, that, remember, yeah. exact, can't mm-hmm. remember exactly what it was. Um, that sounds like Paul Rudd. Yeah, that was Paul Rudd's voice. It, if, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah no, I Paul, Rudd, Paul Rudd definitely came back for this, yes. I was like, that was definitely Paul Rudd. Um, as Carter seeks out this unconventional group, they face an ambush by Hogan. Carter willingly surrenders, orchestrating her own escape alongside the masked Bruce Banner. I thought that was kind of cool, man, the Iron Mask kind of mm-hmm. stuff. The reunited team, now including Stark, infiltrates Thor's court. With assistance from Wanda and Fury, they retrieve the Time Stone for Stark's device, which unveils Rogers as the unintentional Forerunner. The temporal anomaly was created during his battle against Thanos. Carter bids a a heartfelt farewell to Rogers, returning him to his time, thus averting the incursion. As the dust settles, Strange Supreme appears before Captain Carter, marking a mysterious twist in the tale. The convergence of timelines and characters sets the stage for unforeseen and intriguing developments in this alternate reality. Um, I was going to ask, what were there any parts of this that they took directly from 1602, the comic? Mm, not really. I'll be okay. honest with you. The, the setting, the idea, you know, um, this is based off a story by Neil Gaiman. Okay. Uh, somebody I know who you are familiar with. I don't know how much you love Sandman. Tremendously, tremendously. And so if you've never read 1602, <laughs> it's it's a nice story in that you don't you know the basics of the Marvel Universe and just imagine the Marvel Universe starting during the Victorian era. Yeah. So I, I always enjoyed it for that. The art, I believe it was um one of the Kuberts who did the who did the in, the interior artwork on it, and Neil Gaiman wrote it. It's it's a beautiful story. It does center around Steve Rogers in that it all apparently this universe is created because Steve Rogers in one of the Avengers many time travel stories, I forget which one, where he does time travel, he gets flung to this error and that causes, you know, uh, everything to then begin in this universe where it's like, oh, because now there must be one superhero here and it starts everything else. You know, they are there's a there's a Spider-Man character. His name is like uh So wait, so he's a forerunner in this as well? He's a forerunner in the book? Yeah. Well, he's not the forerunner. He's I don't want to spoil it. He okay, don't 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 the the entire series, he's kind of right in your face. And at Uh least for me, I didn't I didn't catch it until like the second to last issue where it's like, oh, oh, you know, and so, because you're trying to figure out, like, why is this happening? Why is this happening? So, in I, I in that case, this is similar to this because the whole time you're sitting here going, "Well, you know these characters. You see, like you like you said uh, earlier, you see that you have the Happy Hogan Hulk character. So you're like, okay, so this is a universe we know, but what is different? You know, we have a Hella character. We have all these characters that we know, but something changed in this universe. So what is it that's changing it? And then when we get to the the end where you say, oh, you know, in this in this era, uh, Cap Cap hits the time stone and it 
causes this reverberation throughout time that all this all these crazy things happen that then time is trying to fix it like this is not the way it's supposed to be right so so i i really did enjoy this episode although like you we, we both agree giving us the same characters but not quite the same characters so soon leaves us kind of confused like okay but who's this who's this where does this person matter it it, it can be a little overwhelming but on on a whole, I loved you know. I don't get tired of Captain Carter. I really really enjoyed her. So seeing yeah. her play this heroic beat, and the whole time, because <clears throat> I never really liked the fact that they were able to redeem that this Doctor Strange in the first season. Interesting. You know, like I, even in that first season, I was waiting for him to betray the Guardians of the Multiverse and be like, okay, wait a minute, okay. if I work with Ultron. I could help him win and he'll give me back my universe, leave me alone, and you can take yeah. over the rest. You can have the Googleplex worth of multiverse dimensions. Just give me the one where I have my girl. I, I totally saw that happening and it didn't. So having him show up in this, where it seems like he's doing another, oh, I'm collecting heroes to go do a bigger thing, I was like, nah, this son of a bitch. <laughs> he's, he's up to no good he's up to no good because this come on think about what this character did this character sat there destroying legacy monsters destroying universes doing all types of heinous stuff to save this one girl and now he's like showing up just like hi everybody i'm just doing so stuff I, I just need your help can you help me for a minute I, so I got I got something on that. I got an opinion on that. I'm gonna put a pin in it real quick because I do want to say that um you were right. It is Andy Kubert um as an artist on the book uh sixteen oh two. Um also the it's a eight issue miniseries that went from November two thousand and three to June two thousand and four, which means this June it hits twenty years and we will be covering it this summer. 191602 uh, you've heard it you heard it here uh first folks um so i like like four-fifths agree with your dr strange analysis i the only thing is i never saw it as him turning good or bad more so than it just being a fact that he couldn't win does that make sense like i have always ever seen it as like oh like I've now realized from all corners of this, I can't have her. Like literally, my world is melting. I can't have her. Um, so I'm just not gonna try because I've tried everything and it and it won't happen. So the idea that he's trying again felt weird to me. I'm on the opposite end where I'm like, well, I mean, maybe get your universe back, but don't mess with her. <laughs> don't <laughs> leave Christine alone. Well, but um, we'll, we'll we'll get to that. Yeah. But in yeah. general, you know, this character me this character reminds me too much of a. This is not our doctor. This is not our Doctor Strange. This guy reminds me of Doctor Doom, a guy who's so focused on what he wants, he doesn't notice how it just disrupts other people. Or worse, he does notice, and he just looks at it as I'm doing my job. I'm the smartest guy. Yeah. I'm the most powerful guy. To hell with the fact that ooh, it upsets you and your minuscule life. I'm over here. I'm over here taking out you know universe killing monsters and beings. I'm not yeah. worried that that I'm gonna mess up your your part of World War II. Ooh, you know. Yeah, it also feels kind of strange that 
you know, we we had the watcher inter- intervene. You know, he broke his oath when uh, I guess Ultron Prime, I, I believe they were calling him for a while. When he showed up, that's how the Guardians of the Multiverse became a thing. Um, it feels kind of weird that he's just kind of like letting this thing with Strange go as it as it is, and it also feels weird that Strange feels like he needs to lie. Are you all powerful or are you not? <laughs> like, do you have all this? Do you have mm-hmm. all these powers or don't you? Well, I could mean, he not? Think- could he really not? Could he really not be Kahari? Like, if he didn't put, if he didn't get Peggy, which I think messed up his plan, if he didn't bring Peggy to the to the Sanctum uh, inf- Infinitum, whatever, then he would have just had Kahari. And if he could, if he could have beaten her, I don't know how he would have, but if he could have, then uh, with, with Gucci, everything everything's set. I think, I think, I think, obviously, he had already confronted her before. I mean, he did definitely with, with the with, interaction with, that we saw, with, right? With, with the interaction we saw, so he must have tried something then and realized, look, this is too much work. I could be doing something else, and oh, I know who someone that'll convince this character at least to stand down to the point where then I can swoop in, which is what he tries. Yeah, you know, is what he eventually tries because he, he doesn't really let her get the opportunity to capture this person this character he just wants her to bring her defenses down so he can swoop in and 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 get her that's yeah. you know why you know what's the what's the saying right think smarter not harder right yeah so smarter, he almost, he almost he, he, he almost he almost gets it done it's just he doesn't count on the fact that you know freaking uh, captain carter is such a such a hard-headed person i mean the the crap that she causes which is is a good thing, I guess. But in, yeah. in what she does to save this character, oof! Talk about a talk about a royal rumble. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot. Okay, so let's get into this uh, recap. In the Sanctum Infinitum, Strange Supreme discloses to Captain Carter that he's been capturing Universe Killers as a means of redemption. Um, seeking her assistance, he reveals an escaped variant who fled to a universe where Hydra, using the Tesseract, brought about the world's destruction. Carter agrees to help, and in the process encounters Kahari. Kahari unveils Strange's true agenda, capturing variants to feed to the Forge, a device he constructed to resurrect his lost universe. As Strange attempts to eliminate Kahari, Carter takes action, freeing the captives and enabling her and Kahari's escape. Amidst the turmoil, they cross paths with Black Panther Killmonger, Kahari separates him from his armor, allowing Carter to wield his Infinity Stones. Together, they confront Strange at the Forge with the liberated variants contributing their weapons. Kahari orchestrates their return home. During the battle, Strange succumbs to his demonic self, prompting Carter to separate the two entities. As the Forge collapses, Strange sacrifices himself and his counterpart to it. The Watcher intervenes, returning Kahari home and bringing Carter to Strange's restored universe. The Watcher reveals that Strange successfully resurrected Christine Palmer, but can never be reborn into it. Carter, uh, curious about the multiverse, implores the Watcher to show her before he transports her back home, concluding a journey through alternate realities and profound sacrifices. I saw a lot of hay <laughs> being made about Carter and the Stones. Where do you sit with this woman who grabs five infinity stones and punches a sorcerer in the face well rule of cool or 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 jumping the gun or jumping the shark this was for me was definitely jumping the shark um 
I, I, up until this episode, I was really like, ooh, Captain Carter, I'm enjoying her. But then this episode, at one point, I felt like I was watching an episode of Dragon Ball Z. Because yeah. she gets all this power, Kahari's behind her, this, this Doctor Strange, they're just shooting mindless, you know, uh, Kamehamehas at each other. It's just like, wait, wait, wait. wait. It's kind of the stuff we're criticized for as comic fans, right? Like, mm -hmm. who's more powerful than who? What? what's going on here what equals what and mm -hmm. what are they doing to each other is it burning is it pushing is it you know these beams uh, do they burn do they push do they concuss what's going on here it, yeah. it just felt like it doesn't matter because what's what's happening i was totally fine with i thought kahari was gonna maybe grab the infinity gems considering we don't know what her power level really is or what what's the extent so okay so she's gonna be the the um how do you say the wielder of the gems and Captain Carter would be like, like her guide or the person who can get inside of Strange's head since she knows him to distract mm -hmm. him enough so that she can just overpower him. The fact that she just like throughout this series went from being, okay, you're, you're the Captain America to you're the, you're now this time traveler that's saving an entire universe. And now it's just like, you're you are the universe because she puts she she gets the armor she becomes super powerful she oh, yeah, at one point she has mjolnir the she has mjolnir the, the sword she's grabs others the, the 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 spear of the odin she's yeah it, i it's it, it it goes it goes out of hand it goes out of hand and you know that's his and, line right that sorcerer priest supreme's line remember things got out of hand that's, got that's, out of his, hand. Tra that's his trailer line so in that like i don't mind it's just like like i was saying because like i'm like oh my god so now we got we got the super sorcerer supreme we have kahari who's this character that obviously can damn near do anything oh and now we're making captain carter captain infinity armor carter like is it gets it gets crazy give me give me i, I it's i don't i don't like seeing when things get out of hand, I'm a, I'm a grounded story person. Don't get me wrong. I, I do like this, some of this multiverse stuff, but I like when, when things make sense, so to speak, as much as they can in this kind of, in this kind of uh, world. But when you start, like I said, I were really, and I, mm, I'm going to piss off some people. I'm not that big a fan of Dragon Ball Z. It was cool when okay. I was like 13, when I was like 13. But once, once every, every other episode, people are just like, I'm not more powerful and I'm not more powerful. It just became monotonous. Seeing that in my MCU, I was just like, this is, I, this is what I don't want to see. I do not want to see this. I want to, I want, I want characters that I, I feel like I might lose and that I feel I could be, so to speak, you know, yeah. when I'm watching, when I'm watching what looks like Goku versus Vegeta versus Beerus, it's like, ugh. What's all right? Get to the point where the the villain either defeats himself or just something dumb happens because something dumb needs to happen. And it's also, I mean, I know this is the case for most comic book media. Most comic book media, if you took your wallet out and you bet on the hero, you're gonna win. That's just kind of how it goes. But similar to professional wrestling, because they write the story, it's up to the writers to create stakes and make you feel like there's no point in this where i was like oh he's definitely gonna get his universe back 
He's not getting his universe back. He's never. He's not meant to get his universe back. Mm-hmm. Even if he got his universe back, he's not gonna get Christine back because you've told me through his episode that no matter what he does across the multiverse, he's not meant to get this. Um, right. I think it's the even the bigger tragedy is that that episode was my favorite episode of the season prior. That episode of Strange, just going mm-hmm. back and and going over and over again, was was I was like. I, it was the episode that made me tell other people, like, I know you may not even be a Marvel person, like, watch this because yeah. it was harrowing watching somebody try over over again and, and lose themselves, become a monster, and literally just create, like, a ball of containment because that was all that was left of his universe. Like, all of that, like, the whole the whole fall, the rise and the fall, him fighting himself with the runes and all that right. stuff. Mm-hmm. So cool, so cool, so cool. Um like this could have used the guardians of the multiverse like there's no reason why we need just two people throwing things at him i thought we had i thought right. we had a team for this i thought we, i thought we had people for this mm-hmm. exactly uh, which i would have loved the is... conversation with the killmonger situation they kind of just i know, his ass to the I know. Side. Uh, but I, I i would like to rewatch this episode again because mm. there are so many easter eggs in this episode so many characters yeah. in the background that i'm like oh like even that that hulk that shows up at one point where it's like are you a valkyrie hulk like yeah. who are all these fun characters that they that you could tell the writers were like ooh let's do a let's do a, a you know a spider-man and an iron man character let's do all these weird mishmashes and possibilities in the background i'm like you know that that was more interesting while i'm watching this episode especially once i see them they snap thanos immediately which yeah. You know, second time he gets kind of played out. I, yeah, and I I get that they're doing that because they want to. Now Thanos is like like the '90s Wolverine. Anytime yeah. you wanted somebody to show how powerful or how skillful they were, yo, bring in Wolverine. We're gonna beat his ass. This person's gonna look amazing, but it's Wolverine, so he'll heal and he'll be fine. And people still love Wolverine, so it doesn't matter. That's what they're doing with Thanos now, where it's like, oh, how do we show how powerful this character is? Have him beat the snot out of Thanos in an instant. You know, Thanos, you know, people still love him. They they still respect him, but it'll let people know how powerful this person is. And that's what they're doing. So immediately Thanos shows up. It's like, oh, no, she's got to fight Thanos. Oh, now she's got to fight Killmonger. And yeah. he just teleports him out of his out of his armor. And here, you put it on to, now. To use, you know, and um, I... I I really like I like the development of that Killmonger character. I felt like the last finale really ramped up. Like really ramped up. Um you're you're dealing with the Ultron episode not knowing that it's ultimately going to be a multiverse threat. So by the time you get to that last episode, you had already dealt with every single individual member of the Guardians of the Multiverse in their own episodes. You you took an entire episode to establish the threat. Maybe they could have found a way to. I felt like they they really felt like they gotcha'd us with this. Like, oh, you thought he was good, but he wasn't. And it's like that's not that big of a reveal. And if you weren't so worried about revealing this, maybe you could have set up him being the big bad from the beginning. Maybe every one of these episodes could have ended up with him doing the you know Nick Fury coming through the portal and introducing himself, and you're realizing he's killing these people. 
You know, he's showing up to every one, every one of these episodes. Maybe he does it to like Young Quill, right? So it's just like, hey, kid, you know, right. um, you know. And then you, you, when you get to his episode, he's like, yeah, I killed them all, every single one, every single <laughs> one that I met, I, I killed them. But it's you don't get all the information; you get half of it. It already on the face of it doesn't sound right. You you sussed it out from the beginning because you you already knew he was a piece of trash. So the reveal, and the reveal is even spoken. It's never said. Is Kohari going, oh, no, it was him. Right. He's the one. He told you it was me. It was him. No, it's him. He's the problem. <laughs> yeah, and they just go at it. But I did think when they broke the, uh, you know, the containments for all those people, I thought that was a really, really fun and inventive uh, scene there. I especially like the two Thors that hit each other at the same time with the yep. hammers. Mm-hmm. You get that kind of explosion. I thought that was really cool. But, like, Again, like that image of her having all of it. <laughs> like people talk about like Ray Skywalker and all that kind of stuff. Like this is bonkers. Like what are mm-hmm. we doing? What are we doing here? What did that poor pink woman in Guardians of the Galaxy die for when she grabbed right. the stone? Right. And like, we're just punching people in the face with it. <laughs> exactly. Because it's it's like, well, it, if you've already established that, you know, beings like Thanos are the only people that can like wield this. Or if Hulk tries to just snap his fingers, his whole his whole left arm turns into a to a burnt out Twizzler. Oh, but mm-hmm. you know she's and this this has nothing to do with gender because even if even no, if they know. had even if they had Those decided Peter to Parker, I'd be saying the same shit. Exactly. <laughs> what? Exactly. It's just like it's just like come on, he shouldn't be able to wield all this, and she's. Mm-hmm. She puts on the armor. She she gets every weapon in the multiverse. I'm pretty sure she she had like the Power Ranger weapons in there as well. Probably she, summoning Megazords. Yeah. You yeah. know, it was, it was just crazy. Like, what the hell is happening? And it just makes the stakes not mean anything. And then yeah. in the end, Doctor he defeats himself. He succumbs to it. He realizes, okay, you know what? Which happened in the Steve Rogers episode, right? You know, so it's like a, a lot of a lot of retreading there, and then my little itty bitty comic book brain gets in the way because I remember when I read a special little story called the Avengers versus Justice League or Avengers and Justice League, and in that I remember when the Infinity Gauntlet landed in front of a man called Darkseid, and Darkseid put that motherfucker on, and everybody was like, "Oh my God, it's about to go down!" And then he snapped, and it didn't work because it was it wasn't that universe's uh, <laughs> stones. So like they're using stones from Killmonger stones to Thanos' stones to stones out the wazoo again, little just in my tooth. Just, you know, yeah. just, just in my and car. with all that said, the the easy thing that a writer is going to say about why they could all do this was because they were in a pocket reality where the every the 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 sanctum infinitorium, right? So that yeah. that's that's the easy thing to say in the situation where oh, it's, it's this pocket reality where anything goes and everything and everything can exist and all the rules can still apply. Fine, fine. They 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 they, they need to justify why. Um, the rules don't matter. Oh, it's because of here. If they were in Central Park in Earth, you know, 97, 86, yeah, then they, they wouldn't be able to get away with this. But they're in some pocket reality, so that's what they're going to say is the reason why you can bend the rules. At one point, they're legitimately just, like, cracking jokes when they're doing the whole, like, lifting them up into the portals, dropping them down into the portal mm-hmm. stuff. <laughs> it kind of all kinds of becomes a joke at, the, at that point. Um 
felt like a missed opportunity, but it looks like they got some big, uh, heavy hitting stories coming for season three. It looks like we're gonna have like a a Bucky, uh, Red Guardian sort of buddy cop episode coming up. Uh, there's there was a still with Monica Rambeau and uh, as Photon and um. Sam Wilson as Captain America, mm-hmm. and there was even a still as like a Gundam, some sort of Captain America Gundam <laughs> magazine. I didn't, I didn't Nothing notice that. I did, I did it's watch the um uh, the little the that that little like five minute teaser for season three. I do yeah. like the fact that they're they're pushing this out because I think like I like I said earlier in this episode, they're using this to see what hits. 100%. So they're, they're like, look, the faster we can just record these and get this out, we can then figure out which of these things to put into live action and also into other mediums because we need we need something else to get people rolling on the next MCU thing. Because as of right now, we ain't got a Captain America. I mean, we have we have we have Sam Wilson, but we don't have, you know, Chris Evans. Uh, who knows if Chris Helmsworth is coming back? RDJ might come back as a uh, AI hologram yeah. thing, but besides that, I mean, the casual fan and this—if you just this is me just admitting it—the casual fan doesn't have a character they give a damn about, right? You know, and, and it's so, because they haven't been given much time to sit with the characters that we do have. That's right. Even characters that probably people were into. I, I like. I believe had by now we'd had a Shang Chi too, as well as some of his his um his things matter in other movies. I think people would be behind that, but they just didn't put it into it. They just didn't do it. You know, they they put a lot into Kamala Khan. I I like Kamala Khan. I like that Iman Vellani is so into the character. But if you look at the sales behind, she has the least watched. Uh, MCU show on Disney Plus and yeah. the Marvels didn't do much. So it's like, yeah, you're putting all this behind this one character that has doesn't have doesn't have that following. So I do want to see, I want to do the math. That's one of the things I've been thinking about this week about seeing the distance with these characters. Like I want to track how many times we saw RDJ from Iron Man to Avengers. In comparison to how many times we've seen some of these other characters from 2020 to now 2024, I bet you years. you're gonna see a massive imbalance. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I suspect, and it just it like the proof would be right there. Then you know, saying like, how are you expect people to attach themselves if you just keep spinning the roulette wheel? Oh, who who we're doing now? We're gonna do this movie, and we're gonna do that. We're gonna do Eternals. No, not not for nothing. No one asks for Eternals. I don't know. I like. I thought it was well done, and I thought that it was a different. It showed that Marvel can paint with a different paintbrush, mm-hmm. which I think is necessary, a hundred and ten percent. But when you talk about like forward momentum, we've not that didn't push anything, <laughs> that didn't move anything forward. Still wondering about that damn celestial in the ocean. He we'll he's sitting there wondering too, like when is someone gonna notice me? <laughs> we, <laughs> I'm standing we, here, no one cares. They're going to make it a museum. This is going to happen. They're just going to hollow it out, make it a museum. I, like w- I, said, I would love I would love in, in some movie if like they blatantly like sail past it and they just act like, oh, yeah, there's the mountain. That's the, that's some yeah. mountain that that showed up. Me, we don't even know the what the celestial. hell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know? You know, which we celestial? Take some, we take Come some on. great. We take some great Instagram photos there. You know, it's selfies on selfies on Tiamu. Ty- Come on, bro. Yeah. So it's, it's all right there. 
But like you said, we don't know when, uh, when or if people like RDJ are coming back. Um, you know, other heroes, we don't know if they're coming back. You know, definitely we're coming back. Because we come, we do our podcast each and every week. And we know what if season three is coming back. So that means we have to come back because we'll have to cover that. But um, yeah, I thought this was a little bit of more of a lopsided season. I still dig the premise. So I think there's still time to recover and do some really, really cool stuff. Um, I wonder if because it's animation, if it serves better to gear it towards children. But selfishly, I want stuff that's a bit more adult. I, I, I dig on the, the, the subject matter that I saw from um, like the whole Killmonger saving Tony to turn all his robots against him to take over Wakanda. Like that was kind of dark. Was dope. And it was that really, was really cool. Mm-hmm. Really, really cool stuff. And, I, and, a, and a little show like Invincible has showed us that you can gear to- cartoons towards adults. So come oh, on. 100%. 100%. Um, I just always wonder about like the parent that turns on Disney Plus and then the kid says, I want to see that. And then you'd be like, well, you can't really, you know, like Echo, right? Like, oh, why can't I watch Echo? It's right next to, you know, <laughs> what if? Well, you have to turn like, on the, the to, to see like, that stuff. You have to turn on like the that next level in Disney Plus is it, and it defaults to the kid thing. So you really shouldn't see this. Okay. Unless, okay. unless you ha- unless you just you don't know, give a damn about you know. I'm sorry to say, about being a parent, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I totally get it. I totally get it because this is my baby, and I get to share it with everyone each and every week as part of the Major Issues podcast. As you guys know, Major Issues drops every single Thursday, except for next week, where we'll actually be dropping on Wednesday, uh, a day early. Uh, to make sure that we're giving you guys as many episodes as we can in January. We're moving back to Thursday after that because, you know, we got to get ready for Madam Web, baby. That's around the corner. <laughs> yeah, I- I'm stoked. I'm I'm sitting at the edge of my chair. I cannot wait. I'm on the other movie. side of that chair. <laughs> I'm, on the- <laughs> I'm on the other edge. Edge of Spider-Man. <laughs> that's, that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> Um, did you see the the image of um, the image that's going around of Adam Scott as purport- purportedly um, Ben Parker? No, no, I haven't it's, seen that. It's just, I mean, you couldn't, you don't look at him and go, "Oh, that's Ben Parker." But like, supposedly he's playing Ben Parker. There's a scene of him; he's like an EMT alongside Cassandra Webb, and there's like a scene of them having Chinese food. And the picture that they take of him is of him holding a um, fortune, like from a fortune cookie. And people mm-hmm. have already said. Knowing Sony, what's that fortune gonna say? Be rogue. With great power comes there you, <laughs> there you go. Do you think they have it in them to refrain from doing that? <laughs> I hope they do, because that'll be cheesy as crap. <laughs> if we called it, come on, come on, Sony, come on. Did you hear that news we reported earlier that they were like, Oh, I don't know if we want Andrew Garfield or um tom holland to be in yeah. this in this movie uh, cameo in this universe it's like it's the 90s there's neither one of them are spider around and neither one of them are spider-man yeah. what are you doing so, so yeah Sony. get ready get ready for we, all that we, we they still they still have poor michael keaton over there talking to a to a talking to a morbius <laughs> what <laughs> hey, am i doing hey, what's, what's going on over here 
Hey, oh, hey, hey, doctor. Um, yeah, but we're we looking forward to covering Madam Web. I want to get uh, Scott Pilgrim. I want to uh, go ahead and cover that. We got some OG movies. Uh, we got an animated movie we're covering next week that turns 15 years old. Hulk versus we'll be covering next week. Mm. Yeah, getting getting ready for some of that X uh, X Men Wolverine Deadpool love and uh, see what they could do with the Hulk uh, in other universes where they get to play around with him a bit more so we'll be checking out that next week but if you guys want to make sure that you don't miss anything that we do just go to comicbookclick.com it's the one stop for all our comic book click coverage including articles written by us every episode of the major issues podcast which is over 300 episodes over 600 hours of content currently so go ahead and check through that it's the way that you can go ahead and um help us out with some smeckles, you can go ahead and hit that support CBC link. It'll take you to our patreon.com slash CBC clubhouse, where for as little as 10 cents a day, $3 a month, you can help us keep our lights on here and afford the hardware and the software that we need to keep providing you guys content free of charge. Um, if you're in the sound of my voice, this the weekend of this episode, we should be dropping our second episode of major previews, getting everybody up, ready, and excited for the February releases. Super stoked about that too. Uh, we've got a lot of moving parts. So just make sure you're following us all over social media. Facebook.com slash comic book click. Instagram at comic book click. Or use the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. Remember the Major Issues Podcast is available wherever podcasts are found. Podbean, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, the Apple Podcast app, TuneFind, YouTube, Spotify, and more. We are taking over, people. Our numbers are growing across the board, and it's thanks to you guys. Uh, word of mouth has done a lot for us, but keep telling a friend to tell a friend. Rate and review us on iTunes so we can grow as podcasters and so that other people can find this podcast. Uh, we, we're looking up for our other members. They're out scattered across the multiverse. Be our watcher. Bring them to us and help us grow Comic Book Click, because I've been to the future where we do become the latest and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media, but I can't tell you how we do it because it would mess up the timeline, and next thing you know, The Rock is on the board of directors of TK. That's Apparently, we'll get, we're there. We'll get, okay. <laughs> Apparently, we're there. Doctor Strange, sure. Dr. Strange, come through and save us. <laughs> save us. Damn you, Uatu. You could have intervened. <laughs> this could have been your moment. You damn voyeur. Either way, get on the bandwagon before the bandwagon gets full. And uh, stay tuned for the next episode of the Major Issues Podcast next week. But my name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. And I'm Alex Garcia, a.k.a. B. Roken, with you for all of 2024. And this is our What If Season 2 recap and review. And remember, whether you're a creep who likes to sit and watch from afar, a sorcerer who doesn't mind getting his hands dirty, or you're constantly wondering to yourself, what if? You don't got to wonder because you are part of the clique, which means that you always have to remember that you, yes, you are worthy.